It's been way too long, and I really miss you. Love you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese. What's up, guys? Welcome to Top Fives and Deep Dives. It's me, Justin. We've got Mike over there in London. What's up, dude? Yo, how you doing, man? Good, good. We have an awesome week ahead of us right now. Our topic is one that I've been pretty excited about for a while. Top five sequels better than the original. And... We have a very special guest coming. We're going to introduce him in just a couple minutes. But first, we're going to jump into our spotlight for the week, which is the new Netflix horror film, Things Heard and Seen, with Amanda Seyfried uh, in sort of the lead role. But Mike, what did you think about this? Yeah, I have to say this one. This one's another miss for me. I mean, me too. there's there's a lot of things about the story that don't really work that we can't get into because we don't want to ruin it. But I mean, first of all, this isn't really a horror film. Like if you're expecting a lot of like paranormal stuff, like you may have thought from, you know, a trailer you've seen or just some things you've heard about the movie. It's you could basically take the paranormal part out and you'd have substantively the exact same movie. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then I think that the, the biggest miss for me is that like. I didn't really get a lot out of Amanda Seyfried, right? I mean, credit to James Norton. I got a lot out of him, but I just feel like Amanda Seyfried was kind of kind of there, and it just she didn't give me a whole lot. Is that is that fair to say? I, you know, I'll give I'll give her a little more credit in that I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of hers. I, th- I think she's she, I mean, she's good, but I actually I liked her in this. I thought I mean, maybe it's just because she was in a sense in a sense, the protagonist. But I don't know. I thought she was all right. I I thought James Norton was better because he sort of had more to do with the role. But Way more to do. Way more. Yeah. But then, yeah, I mean, there was a good little cast in this. You had you had Rhea Seahorn from uh, Better Call Saul, who's awesome. You had Natalia Dyer, who plays um, Nancy in Stranger Things. But it was just, it, did, it didn't do it for me either, man. I will give them that, it felt like they tried to go for something, which I always do respect when you go for something, but this just did not work at all in my opinion. And I, I really don't know what the point I, I, this is a, this is a skip for me. This is a skip. Yeah, I think so. What I can say is that I thought the second half was better than the first, which was nice, but there, but, that's about it. That's all I've got to say. Positive, to be honest. Yeah, I agree with that. I really didn't like the ending personally. And it, uh, yeah, it wasn't great. was not great. That's a skip from both of us. I hate when we both have to give a skip, but sometimes it has to be done. So that's it for this week. And without further ado, let's jump into the real reason we're here. Top five sequels better than the original. We have a, a, a very special guest today. A, a new friend of the pod, the the one and only producer. He's a comedian. His name is Dennis Koch Jacobs. 
What is up, my friend? Hey, gentlemen. How are we doing? Good. Glad to have you. Uh, I am beyond thrilled to uh, to be here. I've been discovered the pot a little while ago from a, a good friend of mine and yours, um, one Dylan Finnerty. Um, his Pixar uh, episode was my my entry point, and I've just been just consuming this thing. So I'm I'm really excited to get into this with you guys. Dude, it, 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 when you first reached out to to us, it got me so pumped up because. I mean, you just have so much, you actually, you have so much enthusiasm about the pod in the first place. And I feel like you can get into this as deeply as Mike and I do. So we've, we've been really looking forward to having you on here. Oh yeah. Like I, it's so funny. It's become one of those pods where when I listen, I'm like yelling things, you know, <laughs> I listen. you know, like <laughs> I either, uh, I'm, you know, yelling my own picks or um you know yelling like that's that's like who what is wrong with you how would how dare you i mean the the cameos episode i cannot for the life of me remember uh your guest on that hit the name of him. adam adam levine is his name we call him yes. coach adam okay so adam picked with his number one pick um uh oh my god i'm blanking out it was airplane it was kareem abdul jabbar for airplane and i by myself like a complete psychopath yelled not a cameo bro like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, it was a full-blown character written in had an arc i was screaming and i was like oh this is this is where i belong this is exactly where i belong <laughs> this is yeah. where you need to be and yeah. hey for the record i know coach adam's gonna be very upset but i completely agree with you yeah. He is he is a character in the Dude, film. in the whole movie. Like, yes. What? Multiple scenes. Yeah. Absolutely. Literally has an arc where he he unveils that he is in fact Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like come on. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just really admire what you guys are doing on this and uh, I am I am very honored that uh, you've allowed me to come and and play in this space with you. Dude, we are where we we feel honored to have you. And you know, I need to let everyone know because I was laughing my ass off. You know, Dennis has he's a he's a comedian. He has a stand up special that is called Tiny Hat Big Jokes. It's on YouTube. If you search Dennis Koch, K-O-S-H, like kosher, Jacobs, you'll find it. And it's it's fucking hysterical. It's like an hour. It's about an hour long. Right. If I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah, it's. Oh, man. When, when did you when did you record that? Yeah, I actually recorded it um, January of uh 2020 so right before the wow. world fell apart Oof, yeah. snuck it in yeah really did um and it has been I, I cannot wait to get back up on a real stage um as soon as possible but yeah that's that's when we recorded it it's out there i'm i'm super proud it was a bunch of a year's worth of material finessed into to one hour and um yeah i appreciate you guys uh watching it and, and enjoying yeah there are there are some gem lines in there that everyone anyone who's a fan of comedy needs to go check it out go check it out um shit i think i think we have to just i think it's time i think we have to jump into this let's get it going yeah, it's me first right yeah it's gonna be so today it's gonna be it's gonna be mike then it's gonna be dennis then it's gonna be me and i mean yeah usually i'd give qualifications i don't really think we need to give any it speaks for itself Sequels that are better than the original in our top five. Yeah, not not remakes. These are actual sequels. Exactly. Actual sequels. Mike, take us away, my friend. Okay. To, to be honest, I'm a little afraid that Dennis is going to yell at me. 
He's, <laughs> oh god, he might. I mean, I've, I've got some picks here. And... Dude, I I can't wait. Mike <laughs> Mike's gonna have something like one flew back over the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever seen it. It was like, <laughs> can't wait. the whole it cast was released in like Portugal or something. Yeah, some yeah, reason. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> the main character's been replaced by a sock puppet, but like it's beautiful, bro. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, this week I'm focusing on films you've probably seen but you don't <laughs> like, so it's just as bad. It's okay. just as bad. I can't wait. So, so Mike just chose a different topic is what he's yeah, telling us. Yeah, my, yeah Mike woke I mean, up and chose violence is what he did. So. My number five has a 19% on Rotten Tomatoes. Great. <laughs> oh, here oh, we go. God. Okay. All right. My number five, 2004's Resident Evil Apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> this is Resident Evil 2. Oh, here we list. go. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah, didn't quite, <laughs> didn't quite make it for me. Yeah, just if just, any of my picks end up higher on any of your other lists, I'm gonna absolutely <laughs> lose my shit. There's no way you have any movie that I picked. Oh man, I can't wait. Um, okay, yeah, Resident Evil. Uh, the first one's okay. I mean, it's based on like a game franchise that's pretty pretty awesome, I would say. And the first one spends a lot of time kind of establishing that narrative of what goes on here. And the second one, the re- the reason it has a 19% on Rotten Tomatoes is that it has absolutely no plot to it whatsoever. And it's basically not a movie. It's basically just a video game. Like they just zap <laughs> between different locations and suddenly they're in a church. Suddenly they're in a graveyard. Suddenly they're in a school and they're just killing different types of zombies. You know, regular zombies, zombie dogs. Like one of the main characters is basically like a zombie Terminator um and it's fucking epic i don't care what anybody says i watched it again like two days ago and i was like this is still fantastic i just have a great time every time i watch it it's got mike epps in there for just hilarious uh and totally unnecessary like comic relief as he just runs over zombies and says gta motherfucker (laughs) and has gold (laughs) gold plated desert eagles for no reason whatsoever that's great you know he just like asked for them and they're like yeah i mean sure why not not even available in the game but here you go (laughs) absolutely and uh they do introduce jill valentine who's like a main character in the game which is which is cool and and mila jovovich is actually like she gives a pretty good performance in this movie that she only has limited ability to express it because obviously there's a lot of other people killing zombies, but this is definitely the most badass one for me. And it's been one of my favorites since I was a teenager. I just think it's so much fun and fuck, fuck those 19% Rotten Tomatoes people. 96 minutes of vignettes with zombies. <laughs> I, what part of that am I not supposed to enjoy again? Uh, I'm, just, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm more upset that I've never seen it. I think than anything else really. So, you know what? I have a confession to make. I, when I was younger, I absolutely loved the Resident Evil games, and I was so excited when the first movie came out. Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't um, isn't is Michelle Rodriguez in the first one? She is. She is. Okay. She doesn't make it. I I had a, I, I thought. <laughs> How dare you! We're almost approaching the 20th anniversary for crying out loud. Um, but I actually sort of, I remember seeing it and being like, you know what? Like I enjoyed it cause I'm such a fan of the games, but like, I thought I, I wish it was a little better, but I did enjoy it. And I actually remember feeling the same way about the second one. So I, you know what? They are an enjoyable couple movies. 
Would I ever even consider it for this list? No. But I do have some respect for this choice. I do. That's begrudging respect is the only thing I can hope to get from this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's where the bar is. I'm, as if I wasn't excited enough. <laughs> oh, was, okay. Allie, was Allie Larder in that one too? Ooh. Oh, is she in maybe the later ones? I maybe forget. that's what it is. Cause I think I've only seen up to the third one. You yeah. know what? She is in the later ones. She's in... Um, oh, uh, what's that third one called? I think she Domination? shows up in the third one. Extinction, right? Extinction, extinction. That's it, that's it. Yes, yes. I think we're just throwing out random words, and it's like, that's probably one. <laughs> <That'll be it. laughs> they cast oh. her, and they were like, oh, no, we have to write, like, 20 more lines of dialogue now because we have this other character. So They're like, this is, this is going to be tough, guys. I don't know if we're going to be able to... I don't know if we're going to be able to finish on our shooting schedule anymore. <laughs> God, the Resident Evil movies. I just, I have not thought of those in a while. I always think of Resident Evil and Underworld in like the same breath. Sure. Dude, Underworld should have been on my list, honestly. I forget what happens in the other ones. But... Mike's like, wait, I'm making a switch. I'm <laughs> yeah, making a exactly switch. exactly the type of movie that's on my list. He's like, come on, man, don't say picks. Come on. <laughs> That's a good shout, though. I literally totally forgot that Allie Larder was even involved in the franchise because the third one was pretty bad, and then I didn't see the the two after that or three after that, however many there are. Don't pretend you don't know how many there are. Come on, come on. That's I well. That's what I've got. I've started us off on a very low point, so <laughs> that Dennis can take over with his number five, which will be guaranteed to be better. I mean, Gosh. I'll tell you this: it's. You couldn't find a more different film to go next. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, um, this one's at my, we, we talked we talked off mic. I literally we came, when I came with this topic, and you said yes, this is the one we should do. I, I wrote down like a list of movies, and I, all I've been doing is just reordering them. Um, <laughs> so this is where I've landed for my number five. It is um, it's the it's the first one I thought of when I actually was listening to to the pod for the first time, and I thought that would. Uh, That'd be kind of a, a nice little thing is the intro here. And that is 2017's Cars 3. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my Lord. If you yeah. get Justin talking about cars, oh, my God. Wow. What a fucking pick. It's the only one of my list that is uh, not a number two sequel. Um, but I think it's leaps and bounds. Leaps and bounds better than two, and for sure better than one. Wow. I mean, you know you've got a little argument for me coming. because Some feelings might be hurt today. I hey. didn't think that was going to happen, but okay. I am a Cars 1 faithful. With that said, Cars 3 is absolutely phenomenal. Two is is the one that, you know, we need to forget about a little bit. But yeah. you and I, I know, when that Pixar episode came out, we talked a little bit about cars three yeah all the whole car series and it's like all of your points that you had told me about why you love cars three so much it totally makes sense like they the story is in theory the strongest of the three and and the most well executed yeah by far like i mean I, I came i didn't watch cars and admittedly i didn't i didn't watch cars until much later like when the first one came out, I was like starting to like not be interested in Pixar movies. There's that that we I think we all had that one moment where we're like, ah, oh, this is a kids movie, and we just yep. got ready for it. Um, 
And so I went back and, and watched Cars much later in life. I actually now have a, a child, a tiny human, and he uh, loves this franchise as well. But like the thing that always got me about Cars 1 that I always saw is this huge plot hole that they that they do such a better job with in the third is like the relationship between Doc and Lightning in the first movie always feels too thin. Always. Like there's never a mo- I literally rewatched this like three weeks ago to see if maybe I just like passed out during the same scene every single time. <laughs> like, did not. But like they have like a, a handful of interactions. He realizes the way he's supposed to turn. Doc turns him in. And then, like everything gets better, and I'm just like, like, where, where does this crazy respect really, really come from? And I think in Cars Three, the the way that um, you get Lightning and, and Cruz working together, the idea of like, what is a legacy, and and really like, how do you maintain that? Um, I think it it just works really, really well. You have a like a villain that is great like a genuinely great villain. And then also let's not forget that they mention moonshining and they talk about sexism and racism in cars three. It's yeah. I mean, honestly you've, you, I mean, I can't really argue with your defense. Like it's, it is the most well done cars. It is. You're right. You're right. Like I have like an affinity to cars one, but with that said, like, I'm not kidding. So story of when I saw Cars 3, I had just started uh, dating my my girlfriend, who I'm still with to this day, and I was going to go. She usually would be down to go to. I go to the movies a lot, and she'd usually be down to come with. And this was like right at the beginning, and I was like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to invite her to come see this Pixar film with me. And so I, I go to see Cars 3 alone, and after the movie, I'm like texting with her. And she's like, oh, what were you just doing for the last, like, uh, like you know, what have you been doing today? And I was like, oh, I just went to go see Cars 3 alone. And <laughs> she was just like, um, why wouldn't you invite me? And I was like, <laughs> I was like all right, I, fa- I found a good one. I found a good one. There she wants go. to come see some Pixar films with me. But seriously, when I saw it, I like, I teared up in the movie theater alone. I was, I think I was one of the only people in the theater in the middle of the day. It's so good. So much, so much. So much is touched upon, as you said, and they actually tackle some adult issues. Yeah, it's it's the most Pixar of the three in the sense of there's both stuff for kids and adults. Yep, absolutely. That's a great pick. I mean, you know, that makes that, you know, that just fucking gets me amped up right there. There we go. Happy to happy to bring it. So that's that's my number five. There we go. There we go. Resident Evil 2 <laughs> and Cars 3. Well. Something for everybody today, folks. Seriously. And I'm just going to fucking take it in a whole nother direction and get really, I'd say just say one of the most standard ones in the history of film, which maybe one of you has has higher on the list. But my number five is 1980s Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. I mean, very obvious pick, I know. Uh-huh. But I could not not include it. I'm a I'm a big Star Wars guy. I watch I've watched the trilogy, the original trilogy, I should say, quite a bit in my life, especially in recent years, honestly. I've probably watched it like maybe once a year. And 
this one as a kid i'd say jedi was my favorite growing up i i'd i'd say it's still honestly pretty close for me between that one and this one but i think this one gets the edge for me when i rewatch a new hope i still think it's amazing like it's introducing everything but empire just takes it to such a new level for me between yoda being introduced lando being introduced just there being, I think, a much better story. Obviously, at that time, and even now, like one of the most famous twists in film history, Luke, I am your father. Yeah. Darth Vader. I mean, just so many of the things that are iconic about Star Wars were introduced in this film. And I want, I, I'm not going to lie, I wanted to leave it off the list because I wanted to be able to maybe put on a little bit of a deeper cut. But I just, I felt... I knew Mike wasn't going to have it on his list. And Kosh, I didn't know about you, but I just, I had to, I had to rep it. It's just too fucking good for me not to. I'm glad you did because I I did not put it on mine. Um, And I, I, I went back and forth a bunch too, because I think Empire is, I mean, you're completely correct. It's unreal. I think it's also interesting as you watch it later. And maybe one of the reasons why it becomes more of a favorite is because like, New Hope and Jedi have such perfect happy endings, mm-hmm. and Empire doesn't. And Absolutely, I think that's like just as you, you know one of the, the think one of the things that like when you watch as a kid, like some, having something unfinished is the worst thing in the world. Or like God forbid the bad guys win, get the hell out of here. Um, so yeah, I'm, I didn't put it on, but I mean it deserves to to be there for sure. I'm so I, and I'm so glad that I did now knowing that you didn't because someone had to say it. So and and back then, now there's so much anti-hero stuff and so many mm-hmm. endings that end negatively. But back then, it was rare to not have things tied up in a bow. So it was pretty crazy looking back on it at the things that you would watch as a kid. This was one of the few that that didn't really leave you with that happy ending. Yeah. As a non-Star Wars person, can I just confirm Empire is the one with the, the ice planet, right? Where he cuts the thing in half and he sleeps inside it? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That is the best one, actually, for, for there, me. I mean, there we go. There we go. And that was my summary of the entire movie, by the way. That was everything <laughs> I really remember. <laughs> <laughs> That's so hey. good. If it has Mike's approval, that's just a yeah. whole other level now. I'm, I'm, I feel fucking great for the rest of the pod. Mike's like, that's that weird one that has like the Revenant crossover where he sleeps inside of <laughs> yeah. an animal, Absolutely right? Off of the Revenant, unacceptable. Yeah. He's like, he's like, isn't there a re-release where Leo actually goes into Star Wars and yeah, sleeps yeah. in the animal? I'm pretty sure that's yeah. <laughs> so oh, good. good lord, Empire. Okay. <laughs> well, Michael. It's time. Well, number four. I mean, you guys were impressed by my number five pick, obviously. So my number four pick is really going to blow you away. Double um, down. So I mentioned a few pods ago, as Dennis and, and, and other friends of the program will know, that my, my very first horror movie memory is watching Child's Play way too young and it fucking up my entire life. Yeah, absolutely. And probably explaining a lot about all the other pods that you've heard so <laughs> far. But... Today, Child's Play for me is just kind of, eh. That said, the fourth movie of the Child's Play franchise, (laughs) 1998's Bride of Chucky, is absolutely legendary. 
<laughs> you, it is a brilliant postmodern masterpiece, and I'm willing to say that on the podcast. <laughs> so, oh god. For anyone not familiar, the plot of Bride of Chucky, as if anyone would be not familiar, is Jennifer Tilly is the ex-girlfriend of Charles Lee Ray, the guy that is inhabiting Chucky's body. And she like rescues him, brings him back to life, and then he turns her also into a doll. And the two of them kidnap Catherine Heigl and her boyfriend and like frame them in a murder spree. And it is absolute brilliance. I mean, they they totally they changed the direction of the franchise. Basically, this is '98, so it's been like publicized that they, you know, they watch Scream, they watch I Know What You Last Summer, these more kind of self-referential horror films, and they basically turned the franchise into that. So it's like a comedy, um, and they talk a lot about how like the old Chucky movies aren't scary anymore, which I totally agree with. There is a brief moment of doll intercourse um sadly it doesn't it doesn't quite live up to team america levels but i can say this because it's obvious so this is a spoiler alert but at the very end of the movie out comes a doll baby through some magic of film which leads us into the fifth one seed of chucky which is the second best in the franchise and it's just absolutely incredible i love this movie and I think you guys will too. Honestly, it's it's worth it. Great soundtrack as well. Mike, what did you call it? A post post? What did you say? I may have said it was a postmodern masterpiece, which might be like a little bit too far. But yeah. like, even as I'm saying it out loud, I'm not taking it back. Yeah, no. I, I was wondering if you just woke up and you're like, I wonder what sentence has never been said before. Oh, I know. Bride of Chucky is a postmodern masterpiece. <laughs> You know what? I still stand by it. I love it, dude. I love it so much. Oh my god. I did not realize that Katherine Heigl's in that movie. Me either. She's the female lead and her dad is John Ritter, who's like a corrupt cop that keeps trying to get her from seeing her her boyfriend. Are you about to have me watch Bride of Chucky again? (laughs) This is crazy. 89 minutes. It's not 89 minutes of Masterpiece, but there's there's a lot of brilliance in there. I am dying inside because i just i know that i am now going to watch this fucking movie because same same for sure same i was wondering which one i was gonna walk away with uh, like oh i'm gonna have to watch or rewatch this and uh with a million guesses i wouldn't have said this one but but pretty stoked so what i'm hearing is i'm two for two yeah you're killing it apparently i it's so funny because like i'm such a horror guy but that's one of the only series in horror the whole Chucky series. I've never really seen them. I I always thought it was so silly, but now I'm intrigued. I just I I have to at least watch this one. I'll take it. Okay. I love it. Is that is that on to me? I That's think it you, is time for four. you. Okay. Um funny enough, gonna stay in the the horror comedy space. Ooh. And I'm gonna go with 2001's scary movie two wow scary movie two is to me still to this day wildly funny um it's also kind of like looking back on that cast now because obviously you had you know sean and marlon wayans and chris elliott you had david cross uh regina hall's in it um 
Tim Anna Curry. Ferris, Tim Curry. Yep. Um, obviously, Anna Ferris is, is still one of the leads. It's so incredibly funny. The, the first one is, and like, I'm a big parody guy. Like, I adore Weird Al with every fiber of my being. Um, and the first scary movie is fun and also like was unique in that the idea of like parroting an entire genre, uh, genre within one film. Um, but the second one just takes it to a new level and has such great one-liners like the my germs scene um, with Chris Elliott and the mashed potatoes with his, like his tiny deformed hand. <laughs> and when, when, like, Sean's hanging outside of the window and like Chris is trying to like hold him up and he's like, take my little hand. Like, Give me your <laughs> other hand. And it's like, it's not strong enough. And, <laughs> Like David Cross is this guy who's in a wheelchair who's defiant about having anybody else help him, <laughs> including like ends up like giving himself like a self fellatio because he's his pride is too much to let anybody else do anything for him. I love that movie. High rate, high recommend. I am so happy you brought up Scary Movie Two because Scary Movie One and Two, both of them, honestly, for me, I have such fond memories of. And then for me, it fell off around three just because it was like a rated R parody thing. And then they tried to make it PG-13. Yeah, very true. And I wasn't as into it. But like, I have not. I will be the first. I might have just found two that I have to watch now. I think I have to watch Bride of Chucky. And I think I might have to rewatch Scary Movie 1 and 2 because, man, those movies were so fun. And I do remember seeing two and being like, holy shit. Like, I, I couldn't sit here honestly and tell you I for sure think it's better than one because I haven't seen either in so long. But I remember the feeling of seeing it and being like, holy shit, like they did it again. Like, this is yeah. this yeah, is yeah. fucking awesome. It's it's definitely been a while for me as well. But you, Justin, you and I have talked about doing a parody episode sometime in the future and Maybe Coach is the guest. Maybe that's the trifecta right there. I mean, let's. Yeah, wow. You, you guys let me know. But I, it's and it's it's high. I definitely recommend rewatching it, especially now. Like I said, some of these, you know, seeing some of these actors, what they've become since then, yeah. um, just makes it all the more all the more enjoyable. Um, I mean, it's no Catherine Heigl and Brian Chucky, but you know, it's it's pretty close. I, I definitely will go watch it. It's been too long, to be honest. Now that yeah. you mentioned it, it's just one of those reminders that it's been too long. Way too long. It needs to happen. Um, that is a fantastic pick. I am going to take us in another direction for my number four, which takes us back to 1991, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. I have that oh, I have higher. higher. You both have that <laughs> higher. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, one of the best sequels of all time. What can we yeah, say? Absolute robbery right there. Yeah. So we will talk about it later. And... With that said, it's time for oh, number no. three. Well. Oh, God. Oh, God. What's Mike going to hit us with now? Okay. He's gonna, <laughs> I'm just waiting for it, dude. He's going to pick that third Aladdin movie, and I'm going to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I heard about this movie for the first time, like, maybe a year ago on a podcast. And I was like, what? Oh, what the fuck? Like, why would anyone ever recommend that? That's like, I don't even believe you. And then, like, maybe a month ago. Same exact thing. I was listening to like another like cinephile type podcast and they were like, oh, you got to check out this movie. So I've been waiting for an excuse and wow, what a, what a film. This is the, it's the deepest into a franchise. I'm going for a pick. This is the sixth movie in a franchise. No, no. 
This is the direct to TV Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning. No, no. I swear to God, this film, you can look it up. It's extremely highly recommended. No. It's directed by John Hyams, who did Alone last year, which you should definitely watch. Um, still has Jean-Claude. Still no. has Still has Dolph Lundgren. No. Oh. Yes. The star is Scott Adkins, UK martial arts extraordinaire. Okay. And one of the main characters, despite having exactly zero lines of dialogue, is former UFC heavyweight champion Andre Arlovsky. Get the fuck out. I and he's good. He's good because he never has to speak. His lines are just, for 20 minutes. He's in a lot of the film. And this movie, okay, I'm going to give you the hard sell here. First of all, originally rated NC-17 due to violence, which is okay. always good. All right, you good definitely time. want to see that. When I was watching it, the movies that came to my head that it's it's like at different times, let's say, are the Bourne series, John Wick, Hardcore Henry, Memento, and Crank. Whoa. John Hyams, the director himself, said that his... Um, motivations for the movie were cocaine (laughs) (laughs) it's funny that you say that because the first one is apocalypse now (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh god uh the manchurian candidate chinatown and invasion of the body snatchers and several people have compared the atmosphere of this film to david lynch no oh my goodness how the fuck are you gonna get me to watch this movie, Mike? I'm I can't stand that I'm gonna watch this goddamn movie. I know I'm that. really upset about it too. Actually, um, I'll tell you right now that the original Universal Soldier is somewhere between bad and okay. I think yeah. you can argue one of those things, and it would be fine. Agreed. This is a straight up good fucking movie. It's entertaining as hell. I have no doubt that both of you and most of our listeners will like it. It's very much like it's the same continuation, sort of of the original um the original one and then there's something that happens kind of in the middle not that i've seen all of them but where clones get involved and it's basically those two storylines meeting and you guys will love it and you absolutely have to watch it okay how did you watch this movie (laughs) you know I, I found a stream online. Let's just leave it okay. at that. We'll leave it at that. Okay. I, I, was just, I was wondering about how much work and, and or money I was about to put into this. So that's good to know. I just, I am almost furious right now because I am without question. I didn't think you could one-up me on Bride of Chucky. This is my number one on the list after the pod that I need to watch. I love action movies. I actually enjoyed the first one of this, even though it wasn't a great movie. It's, you know, it's an action movie, whatever. And then they're talking about there's comparisons to the work of David Lynch, one of my favorite directors. I'm just I, I can't with I just I don't understand. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to have to report back to the pod. Like, to be is, fair, the comparisons is David Lynch. Uh, yeah. minor. I mean, that's not what I was <laughs> getting from it, but atmospherically, okay, but that's a stretch. Okay, okay, good. I, I, I had a feeling that might be the case. I was going to say, I did tell you one of the characters was Andre Orlovsky, right? I mean, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. Like... <laughs> I, I thought I was like, oh, man, I'm really going to push the envelope by picking a third one of the franchise. Yeah. And then lo and behold, this guy whips out the VI, the old six. Oh, no. <laughs> the VI. 
it's just too good. It's too good. I can only applaud this pick. $8 million budget for a direct-to-TV movie. Okay. I'm not sure that they made their money back, but (laughs) you know what? They went for it. I mean, there's probably more people talking and thinking about it right now than there were (laughs) when it came out. So there you go. I'd say that's in a, that's that's fact. That's fact. Probably fair. Wow. Okay. Big big way to bring us into the number three spot, Kosh. <laughs> the only thing that makes all this better is like the juxtaposition between <laughs> going from bikes <laughs> into mine. Um, okay, my number three um, is a film that is incredibly near and dear to my heart. I think it might actually be on. Um, one of your gentlemen's lists as well. So I will say it and then give a pause in case it is there and or higher. Um, when I came with this title, when I came with this, this idea, it was, it was one of the first two that I wrote down immediately. Um, and that is D2, the mighty ducks, 1994. Wow. Not on my list, but only because I mentioned it in last week's episode and I sort of teased the episode with it. So I was like, you know what? I'll let it sit as my first honorable, but I'm so glad you have it because I mean, I have, I have the passion that it seems you do about this being one of the best sequels ever made. Yeah. And I, I agree. It's definitely better than the original. That's an absolute for, for sure. Guaranteed. Right. That was, and that was a big thing. I mean, obviously we've, <laughs> we've, we've enjoyed some of these shenanigans so far with some of these picks, but I think um, one of the, the best things about this one is it's, it is, I think, such a, a better movie. I feel like the first one did really, you know, obviously did well enough and was a really like, you know, feel good movie. But then the second one, they were like, what if we just really let this go? What if we really take this even, you know, a bit more serious? Um, I just love it. It's so much more fun. It gives us the knuckle puck. Oh, all right. Like, the Bash uh, Brothers. The Bash Brothers. Um, you get, you get, uh, okay. So I grew up in a small town in Florida, so was not much, um, for hockey, but we did have rollerblades and street hockey and you best believe everybody in the world was attempting the knuckle puck just out there on the streets in Sebastian, Florida. Like we had any business doing anything hockey related. That is incredible. Oh my God. hundred percent though. As a kid, you're doing the knuckle puck. Have to have to do the knuckle puck you get you get such and and also a you know big a big thing for me personally is i've always considered myself a better coach than a player and uh the fact that like that's also you know where where charlie sees himself in that movie Mm -hmm. um was just really resonated with me uh goldberg being peak peak goldberg i think averman scores a goal for what that's worth um so that's really exciting and uh, my mother, one of her favorite lines in any film, she's not a big movie person, but she loved that movie. And so she'll literally just yell whatever she like, put it in Luis, is like her most exciting <laughs> moment in any movies anywhere. Oh, it's, it's, it's so good. It's, it's such a well-rounded film too. Like between the new characters that they introduce, which all add so much to the movie, every character seems to have a bit of a story. Gordon still does have a big story, but it's also so much about Charlie. Right. It's just everything 
is developed, done well. There's great comedy. There's it has it has everything. It's like they took the first one, which is a great movie, and they just elevated it and made it better and richer and and deeper. And it's like anyone that doesn't see that that D two is better, I I just don't understand. It it is a better movie. I mean, we've we've said it on the pod, but I mean, ducks fly together. I mean, it just <sighs> goddamn it gets you every time, and a great every great time. fucking message. Every time. And I mean, also like introduced, introduced incorrectly an entire generation of children to Iceland. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Just, Still just, not sure what's wrong with Iceland and why we were against them. but No, no clue. I, I, for whatever reason, I feel like they were like, well, I, should we do the Soviet Union? I don't know. I get Iceland. That'll work, right? They, they're Vikings. That's, that's intimidating. That's great. Um, I guarantee they were just like, there's like, hmm, kids? What would they understand? Ooh, Iceland, <laughs> Iceland. ice, hockey. Perfect. Okay, let's do it. And then someone, you know, someone was like, uh, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but like Iceland's not as cold as you think it is. And they had to throw in that line, you know, where the, the Iceland, uh, you know, a trainer woman is like, Iceland is green and Greenland is full of ice. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> You know, um, honestly, that probably shaped like my view of Greenland for most of my adult life. And yeah. I was like, wait, Greenland also has lots of ice. Like, that's just not true. That's, yeah, that's completely accurate. And then also, if I can just sidetrack us for just a hot second, um, have you gentlemen been watching Mighty Ducks Game Changers on Disney? Well, you, you want to know what's funny is it was just brought to my attention last night. I did not know that this was happening, and I am. I, I need to go watch it. I had no idea this was happening. Uh, I'm also guilty. I have not seen it. I love this show. It is. It is so well done. It is so funny. It feels like. It, I don't know if you if you you caught the premise or not, but the idea is that now the ducks, like the the kids ducks, have become the powerhouse, right? Like mm-hmm. they essentially have become the hawks of the modern era. And so it's about like essentially a new ragtag, you know, district five type uh, team going up against the powerhouse, except now you have the rules of reverse um, Bombay, which I won't, you know, spoil, but Bombay has gotten out of hockey for a while. Um, and due to some interesting circumstances ends up being close to this team. Um, it's so good. The kids are wonderful. The acting is top notch. Uh, Lauren Graham is, is just the best always. Um, and the most recent episode, when I tell you, I was watching with my kid, when I tell you that multiple times got full-blown goosebumps, hair sticking straight up on my arm, I, guys, like, before you go try to watch Universal Soldier 15, you got to start watching Game Changers. So I'm so in. What, what's it on? Is it on the it's Disney? On Disney, Plus. Disney okay. Plus. Yep. Amazing. Oh, my God. I ever since when, – when they – so actually, Finnerty – uh who introduced us he is the one him and uh, our other buddy larry that told me about it and when they said that emilio was in it i was like okay i need to go watch this like yeah tomorrow um dude and it's it's uh developed by steve, steve brill, brill who directed uh heavyweights down yeah and oh. and he uh and did the original ducks yeah and so he's he's involved, and he actually I don't know if he directed every episode, but he directed at least the most recent one that just aired. Um, that's yeah, he's unbelievable! Really it's so many years later. Like that's amazing. 
and it hits, man. When I tell you it, it hits. That's that's number one on my list now. I keep just re-upping my number one. <laughs> I'm making a top five of the top fives that I need to listen to. <laughs> Perfect. I that watch, was, watch. That was <laughs> my goal. There we go. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Well, that was, I mean, if you can tell, I loved that number three. Thank you. So I'm going to take it to a place that I know Mike's going to enjoy because we have a shared love of this next film that I'm about to about to shout out as my number three, which is probably my so-called trashiest film on the list. 2009's Crank High Voltage, which yes. is one of my one of my favorite movies. And I think a film that is in, incredibly underappreciated. Luckily, my my lovely co-host Mike also understands its its legendary status and pretty much I'm a lover of very over the top action films. We did a pod on it back in the day with our good friend Ian Fisher or Dr. Action and Crank of course sort of sets the bar for an over the top action film. The premise is outrageous and Somehow, when they made, you know, the end of Crank ends with Jason Statham, Chev Chelios falling out of a helicopter and, you know, to his death. And so when they decided there was going to be a sequel, I think I laughed and was like, how the fuck are they going to do a sequel? Like, he's dead. Like, this is ridiculous. Little did we know what we were in for. But one of the most frenetic video game like insane movies i have ever seen in my life i mean on the poster for the film the tagline is he was dead dot 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 but he got better <laughs> it's just <laughs> <laughs> it is so outrageous also on that poster is chev chelios just putting um jumper cables yeah. onto his tongue so pretty much in this one it turns out that he survives his deadly fall out of the helicopter, is immediately kidnapped by Chinese gangsters. They steal his heart, replace it with an artificial heart that's supposed to keep him alive for an hour, and he has to keep electrically charging it to stay alive. It is just truly a special film experience. One that I will never forget. I've probably watched this movie like 10 to 15 times, and... and there's not that many movies that get like a lot of rewatch value out of me these days. Not because like, I don't want to just like life, you know, you get busy and it's like, this is one that I try to revisit still every couple years. If I can, it's just, it takes things to an over the top level that I, I don't know if I've ever seen in another movie, maybe a couple, but a lot of people know crank. A lot of people saw crank, not as many people have seen this sequel and it is just better in every single way. It's nonstop laughter and just ridiculousness from the moment it starts to the moment it ends, 96 minutes long. I feel like the writers and directors, Neville Dean and Taylor, I feel like they just, this movie was them realizing exactly what they were doing and the fun that they were poking at themselves and just like the ridiculousness of it all. And it just hits on every level for me. And as we mentioned in last week's movie theater 
episode, Mike and I saw this movie together for our second time in theaters by bringing a box of Franzia in a backpack into a movie theater with two cut off water, empty water bottles as our cups. It was just delightful. That's incredible. Is this the one with the horse racing scene? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. It's, it's. And then just a slew of adult film stars. (laughs) Just so many. (laughs) Dropping loads all over your silly wages. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. And of course, a repeat cameo from uh, from Glenn Howardin. Yeah, Dennis from Always Sunny. So funny. Oh, but and yeah. Then, yeah. And and like you said, Dan, when we went into this, I mean, I would say there was a 0% chance it could have been better than Crank. 0%. That was the attitude. And it's so much better. It's it's truly unbelievable. And I mean, you can you can count the movies in the world that are better than Crank 2 without taking off your shoes. <laughs> <laughs> But this, they also shot this with like a really crazy style, right? Oh yeah, yes. It's it's like a very frenetic sort of like I don't even know how I would how I would describe it otherwise. Just yes, a very they just ran around with cameras yes. and they took like if I remember correctly, they just took hours and hours and hours and hours of film just running around until they basically had nothing left. And I think that Ian, when he came on for our over-the-top action films, because I believe this was both of our number one, right? It was, yeah. And I think Ian Ian works a little bit with Jason Statham, and I guess he had talked about filming this movie, and Statham literally said that that's what they would do. They would like get an idea and be like, oh, let's go shoot this. Like, Let's go run and do this. Whoa. And that it was just insane. Now, is this also, I feel like, if I remember correctly, there's like... Some angles where it looks like he's almost wearing a camera, like pointed up at his face. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it wild. really gives you that crazy sort of frenetic, almost first person. Yeah. Feel. That's awesome. Yeah, I ha- I had to include it. It's just it's one of my one of my all time favorite sequels. Great pick. Just a great pick. Um, okay, that's me. Number two, right? Number yep. two. So, okay, number two is at least a film that we most people will have heard of, unlike my number three. And and I think many people will have seen. I will preface this by saying it has a 7% on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, that is a, a bit of a statistical anomaly. It's not that bad on any other website. There's just not that many reviews of it. But obviously, you know, 7% is not a glowing endorsement. However, 1982's... Friday the 13th, part three, is undoubtedly the best of the entire series. You know what? I can't hate on this one. No, I can't either. I, I heard a podcast not too long ago um, uh, where the producer was, was talking about like all the things that they intentionally did differently. Because Wes, was Wes Craven directing this one or no? No, Steve Miner. That's what I thought. Okay. Who ended up doing, who did the second one as well. Got it. Along with Halloween H2O. What else did you do? Lake Placid. Sure. Soul Man. A, a horribly controversial movie that you guys should definitely watch. Um, yeah. It was Friday the 13th Part 3. What they basically, you know, the first one everybody knows because they've either seen it or watched Scream that the killer in the first one 
is Jason's mom. And honestly, besides her and and obviously Tom Savini's effects, that movie's pretty average. The second one, you know, advances the story. We get to see Jason. He doesn't have the mask yet or anything. It's it's a little bit, you know, he's murdering people, but there's kind of a a heartfelt thing going on where the final girl is sort of appealing to uh, you know, him as a kid and his relationship with his mom. And that one works, but it's still just kind of okay for me. And then the later ones in the series you know, we did a whole episode on Halloween, um, but the later ones in this series are more successful than those because they just introduce characters that you don't give a fuck about at all and then murder them brutally. And that's fine too. Right. And this one is the perfect bridge between the two of those because they develop, you know, just a, a basically two characters. Their relationship feels totally real um, and you kind of want them to survive. But they introduce about 14 other characters that are either terrible or totally irrelevant so that Jason can put on his hockey mask and murder them in gruesome ways, such as, uh, you know, he harpoon gunning one of them right through the eye. He squeezes another one's head until their eye pops out. Uh, you know, there's some bikers in there because it was the eighties. So you had to have bikers and they all get murdered. Um, one even tries to save the day at the end and he just gets murdered again, which is great. It's like a double <laughs> murder that was totally unnecessary. And this is just, yeah. And, and, and it, it really do think the writing's a lot better. The jokes are a lot funnier. It, it is the best one of the series, but it also, you finally get Jason with the hockey mask. Um, and that's really what we all wanted to see, right? Absolutely. By the 13th part three. I, I'm, I'm into this pick. Like I, I like this horror series. I don't specifically remember all of them because I haven't watched them in a minute. But this one just sounds like absolute classic slasher film in the slasher's heyday. Like, I'm excited to go revisit this, you know, when I when I dive back into horror movies for the month of October when we get there. Yeah, I remember when I finally watched the first one and, and just being like, oh, his mom. Oh, Okay. It was just such a, a just not what I expected, and I wasn't like thrilled about it. Agreed. Um, so the fact that like they took it to this level before you're right, they just took it to like it, it might as well have just been like just Jason just walking through just like a field of just meat and just letting him chop people up, you know? Um, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Before that moment, yeah, uh, was not on my list. Was not on my list, but uh, I'm not. Uh, yeah, nicely done. Just- just missed the cut for me. Just missed the cut. <laughs> it's in his third wave of honorables. Yeah, it's in my. Uh, you know, we're we're gonna try to get to a hundred honorables today, right? I right, think I'm around. Sure. Uh, yeah, I think it's a ninety seventh place or so. Um, yeah, that's Friday the Thirteenth Three. Go see that, everyone. Go watch that. So good. Uh, uh, Coach. Yo. Okay. For my number two. Okay. Actually, that was that was rather uh, uh, telling there. Um, Mike, because my number two actually is T2 Judgment Day. So, oh, I see. So we know that that's... Yeah, so we, can, right. we, can, we can hold on that for a beat um, if you would like to, gentlemen. Absolutely. Yeah, let's do it. Let's pass to Justin. And then when it gets to me, it'll be we can do it together. Cool. All right. So my number two. It's so funny. Like When I was looking at this list, I really wanted to slot in like some different genres not that i don't have like somewhat different genres but i felt like mine went they just went a certain way i just i picked the sequels i thought were the absolute best 
and the app like so much better than the first. And in the honorables, I'll get to get some other ones in there. But I sort of continue on the same train as my last pick a little bit. And my number two, another film, funny enough, that is a big film in Mike and my friendship. 2003's Bad Boys 2. I was hoping you would say this. I I very intentionally left it off my list in hoping that one of you gentlemen would pick it as I know your affinity for it. Oh my God. Amazing. Amazing. So it sounds like we all have an affinity for it then. Love. Oh my oh. God. Love. Oh, I cannot tell you. And if you've listened to the podcast, other episodes, I'm sure you've heard us talk about this movie maybe once or twice back, you know, quite a while back now, but this is one of the first movies where the sequel just blew me so much away. I, I didn't even understand how a sequel could be this much better. It's yep. like 1995's Bad Boys. It, it's fine. It's a fine film. It's nothing that memorable to me. Cut to 2003. Bad Boys 2 dropping. You know, it's this two and a half hour, like, nonstop action comedy. Just it's insane and it just hits every single mark for me i cannot tell you how much i laughed through this thing every line i mean one of the best on-screen chemistries in my opinion of all time will smith and martin lawrence in this movie it is just insane and i mean the scene of course where martin lawrence is on ecstasy goes down in the hall of fame for me (laughs) it's a nice fucking fish Big fucking eyes, but a nice fucking face. Big fucking eyes. Oh, Oh, it's just too good. Everyone from Will Smith, Martin Lawrence to, you know, of course, Joe Pantoliano as their boss. I mean, Gabrielle Union, Peter Stormare, um, you know, the guy that plays the villain who is outrageous in this. His name is Jordi Mala in real life. It's it's just so good. And it and it's. One of those movies that's long, but you love every second of it. And it's like part of almost the the lore of it for me is is that it's this long action comedy. And it just it it kills. Dan Marino makes a cameo. I mean, come on. You've got Michael Shannon in a small role. It's 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 incredible. I don't know how this film only has a 23 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's it's got to be one of my favorite action movies of all time, and that's lower than Bride of Chucky. Just throwing it out there. That is insane. That's, that's insane. That is insane. Oh my god! And I, you know what? I have to shout out. It has quite a good third film as well, Bad Boys for Life, which came out seventeen years after this one in twenty twenty. But this one is the high mark of the series, in my opinion, and and I think it says something to all our listeners when all three of us are saying this. Bad Boys 2. I'm, I'm glad you said something about the length also. I feel like we never talk about how long it is and how like they say shit just got real like an hour and 40 into a film. <laughs> just, <laughs> it's just insane and you never want it to end, but it's so long and the whole third so, act could be like the start of another movie. Like It's just insane how good it is. Like you think you might be at the end and then there's just an entire another act and you're like, yes, fuck yes. yes. It's really a four act film. The rare fourth <laughs> act. Yeah, it's it's literally like this like the studio was like, you know what we should do is just not give Michael Bay any notes and just whatever he turns in, we'll just put it up on the Um It's so I completely agree with you. It's so good. It is 
it you're right like the first bad boys is solid it's not it's so average yeah it's not not a good movie it's just you like oh I, i bet this could have been better and then it the sequel is like every memorable moment you think of that franchise pretty much comes from that sequel 100 percent and it's, it's so it's so fun it's so much fun it's got to be one of the more fun movies that i've ever seen honestly it's it's up there for me yeah without it's, a it's i'm so glad that we all love this movie it's if somehow you have not had the pleasure of seeing it if you like laughing and you enjoy shit getting blown up then yeah. this is the movie for you and for all the shit that michael bay sometimes gets you know, he's made some gems, and, and this might be the gem of all gems for me out of his catalog. Dude, Michael Bay does what Michael Bay does better than anybody else. I couldn't like, agree more. Absolutely. I, I, I think he gets unwarranted hate. I really do. Yeah, good, a good buddy of mine, uh, shout out to, to TPG. He is a Michael Bay, like, like purist. Like, oh dude, God, will, amazing. dude will defend Michael Bay to the ends of the earth, and... Yeah, I mean, he definitely he definitely gets some shit, and there are times when he when he should and he deserves it. But you give me anything, grab grab me like any four movies that are trying to do what Michael Bay movies do, and put them up against like this and The Rock, and like no, not even close, not even remotely close. I mean, we just need Michael Bay films. I mean, you don't have to like them all the time, but like film is great because there's people that do wild and crazy shit. And he's one of them. Did you see his Netflix movie? Was it Six Underground, I think? Uh, no, I didn't. It's him and Ryan Reynolds, right? Ryan Reynolds is the star. It's a Michael Bay movie. And it literally is because it was Netflix. It literally was the studio just being like, here's all the money. We don't care what you give us. And it is completely bananas. It is everything you love about a Michael Bay movie, like turned up to 11. Sure, there's some story issues. Sure, like the dialogue is <laughs> always like the best. But if you're just like, I want to strap in and just watch some crazy shit with Ryan Reynolds being just as Ryan Reynolds as he can be, you, you're not going to find anything better. You know what? I actually, I am so happy you just brought that up because I meant to watch that when it came out. It totally just slipped by. And this is now again added onto the list from this episode. I need to go watch that movie. Yeah, same. I think... That's number two on my list from this episode after Bad Boys 2, which I just need to rewatch again. <laughs> so I'm just thinking about all, all of the lines and I just need to watch it. Yeah, and then if you want like a little palate cleanser between just binge all of Mighty Ducks Game Changers so far, you guys should be oh, Wow. What, what a program you just put together. Look at that. A nice little Sunday. I mean, it really is. And yeah, Bad Boys 2, that team, Michael Bay, Jerry Bruckheimer, you just can't go wrong. Go 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 watch it, people, if you haven't. So is that me to one? Holy shit, we're at number one. This oh, okay, is- so everybody knows that my number one is Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Unfortunately, the worst film on my list, obviously. <laughs> but no, no. <laughs> uh, no, no. Uh, I will quickly pass it to Coach, but basically, besides being a great movie, I would like to just say that Terminator 1 for me is so average and that's why this this movie being great it's 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 bad boys 2 level where it's like going from a, just an okay film to an absolutely amazing film Kosh, hit me with terminator dude a, a million percent right like if you took 
honestly, if you took I'll Be Back out of the first Terminator movie, then like we we're barely talking about that film ever. It's irrelevant outside of that. Yep. And then you get us T2. Arnold at like, this is peak action star Arnold. This is, this is, when I think of Arnold Schwarzenegger and I think of him as like total epic badass, for me, it's T2. It's, I have, I have, in my, any time that I've ever been like, hmm, if I could be like criminally nefarious, what would I do? I'm always a small, petty crimes kind of guy and the idea of like pulling out like a little keyboard and then jacking into an ATM and just getting all the money that I need. Fuck out of here. That sounds awesome. And then the T-1000 is to this day the scariest thing I can think of. Oh my God. Period. The end. It is, it, it is terrifying. Um, I can't remember the name of the actor who plays it. I want to say it's Robert. Something. Robert Patrick. Thank you. Yes. Robert Patrick is will forever to me be terrifying because of that role. It's so good. Linda Hamilton is a next level badass. Oh my God. She's so impressive in that movie. And it is like you, I I think a good mark to see if a sequel is better than the first is if you watch the sequel and you never saw the first film, like, do you still get the same amount of enjoyment as if without having seen the first movie? And without a doubt, shy of like the moment when she, when Linda first sees Arnold and is like, is terrified of him. Aside from that, you don't need to see the first movie to enjoy every single moment of this movie. Yeah, the the only thing that you get from seeing the first is realizing that this is one of the greatest sequel ideas yes. in film history. Yes, and and just a twist that if you don't know, like just immediately becoming the good guy. Incredible yeah. idea. But besides that, it's it's just full on from there. Yeah, great point. A hundred percent. And it truly, it, I mean, it really is one of the best sequel ideas ever. And what's so impressive about this movie to me, at least in my mind, is like when I was really young, there were only... When I'm at this age, you know, so many years removed from the first time I ever saw this, there's only a few films where I have like these very specific memories from when I was a kid. And it's like this movie, it was just not only did everyone love it, but it's just implanted in my brain. The scene at the end yeah, with Arnold going down into like sort of the, the, the lava, we'll call it, yeah. but like it's such like an iconic film scene. They somehow like they accomplished such a hard task with this movie, which was after the first movie, of course, where Arnold's the bad guy. And it's like, of course, in this one, he's the good guy. Right. It becomes like an emotional family story. And it's unbelievable. It's one of the best action movies of all time. And with that, you actually have the emotional aspect too, where, you know, you're invested in these characters. Linda Hamilton, like you said, is an absolute badass. Edward Furlong's great. Like, yeah, like Robert Patrick, Arnold Schwarzenegger, both on top of their game. And really, what else could we expect from the maestro James Cameron? It's I he just absolutely crushes it. And I remember when I was a kid, always the, the you guys ever go to the Universal Studios and the yeah. 
the the 3D oh, yeah. little thing they had of this. It was yeah, so yeah. fun. But no, coach, I'm I'm a hundred percent with you in that Robert Patrick's villain in this, like holy shit. One of the most terrifying villains ever, the T one thousand. Oh my god. Like the fact like his arms turning into like those like blade things, like it was it's crazy. And I think and I, I appreciate both of you, you guys calling this out, like the idea of, of the, the story is so much stronger and to make that turn because I think a lot of people could potentially, if they're foolish, but like could potentially write this off as better than the original because CG had come such a long way between these two movies, right? Between the first one and the second one, um, you know, the, the CG and computer world had gotten yeah. so much bigger and you could do so many more things than you could have in the original. That being said you still could have turned out a terrible movie with just better CG. And that is not what happened here. Yeah, and that's that's a good point. I was going to say about the effects. I mean, there is huge gains in the CG, which is important. It doesn't certainly, it doesn't make the movie overall. Mm-hmm. But I've watched both probably in the last like six months or so. And the first one, like the, like the mask that's used whenever like Arnold has something happen to his face, right, is absolutely horrible. It's so bad. so it looks like we've come fifty years of effects in, in not that long of time. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. And it just blows you away that much more. And like, it holds up today. Like oh when god. I oh, rewatch yeah. it, oh my god, it looks incredible still. Well, you know what's really interesting too is because they've made so many other sequels after two that have not been good if i if i could be so bold i, as yeah, I yeah. fully agree i've not been very good that like you go back and it's kind of funny the only was what i was just saying about the cg thing right like we're literally decades past when t2 came out and none of those movies have been as good as that one i i couldn't agree more and i always i always like laugh because they've made quite a few at this point i'm like how could not one of these be really good like and they made a tv series Yes, Santa Chronicles was a full blown like two episodes of television. <laughs> Dear Lord, it's just it's crazy, and we're, we just hit the thirty year anniversary this year of T two. Oh yeah, wow, goodness, that, God damn. that ages us, boys. A little bit. Yikes! So, uh, Tan, this this what where was this on your list? This was number four on my list. Okay, so one for me, and it was two for you, Kosh. Yes, sir. And the only film on all three of our lists, which, I mean, that says something to everyone listening, T2 is one of the best sequels ever made. Wait, is it possible that you guys both have Bride of Chucky as number one? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you you never know. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You got you the two coach. Oh, I was trying to uh, keep it as a yeah. No, no. I thought it was the it was the plot twist that M Night Shyamalan would have been. Well, you know, well here's up, here's so. here's the only problem, and I'm just gonna ruin it right now. My number one's actually C to Chucky. Oh, there it is. <laughs> God damn it, <laughs> son of a bitch. Yeah. Oh, hey, what can I what can I say? <laughs> Mine is I still know what you did last summer. No, um... <laughs> what about that third one? That oh my god, out? I was probably like. Like 2012, maybe? Yeah, 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 yeah. Not, not, um, not well done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, on that note, T2, we all agree, fantastic. Terminator, we all agree, not that fantastic. Yeah, not overrated. But Arnold, Arnold, we love you. Yeah. We definitely do. Oh, my God, yeah. 
And that is over to you, Kosh. All right. Um, you know what? I, I'm wondering, um, I'm wondering, Town, if, uh, if you and I have the same pick. Um, there's definitely a chance. There's definitely a chance. So I will, I'll give the year and we'll see. We'll, we'll tease that a little bit. Uh, 2008. Yes, we yeah. do. Okay. Okay. I, okay, cool. Um, which, by the way, also having just listened to when the listeners are hearing it would be last week's episode, I think, right? The, uh, the movie theater experience. Yes. Yes. I know where you're going okay. with this. I was well, another moment in my listening to your podcast where I really just started yelling at my phone by myself. Um, <laughs> I was like, what do you mean you feel this way about this film? Um, God bless you, uh, Mike. Um, so number one for me, 2008, uh, The Dark Knight. As me as well. Me as well. There never was another choice. I I will say before I jump into this, and or before actually before I hand it off to you, sir, to jump into this first. Um, I went back and forth on if I was going to include any superhero movies, um, and I will call those out in my honorables because I had a couple. Um, I think they're. I think the ones that I picked are the ones that are on my honorables are, are very intentional for why i wanted them um and why i think that they are better than the sequel of the originals but the reason that i went with this one and felt good about it aside from the fact that it's phenomenal is that batman begins is actually a good movie and i thought that batman begins i really really enjoyed and there was hype around this movie that just blew it out of the water um and also was so much hype that the third movie didn't live up to where I'd hoped it was going to. Um, so before I dive in any further, let me uh, gently pass it to you, sir. I that was a f- awesome intro, and I I need to echo the sentiment that I also didn't really want to put superhero movies on my list, and I actually made a con- again not like they wouldn't have been on mine honestly otherwise, but I also have a few in my honorables but also decided Dark Knight had to be on mine, had to be number one, because to me it transcends the genre. And it, I I mean, I can't say enough about this film. And I know that most people don't even need me to say anything, but it just is one one of the greatest films ever made. And one of the greatest trilogies, I think, ever made. And it, what they did with this one movie, I do not understand. I mean, it was something special we witnessed in our lifetimes. And of course, some of it was elevated with the tragic passing of Heath Ledger. Sure. Um, but I mean, his portrayal of the Joker is 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 bar none one of the greatest villain, one of the greatest villains in in, in cinema, I believe. And everything just hits in this movie. It's just like everything was done perfectly. Nolan just knocked it out of the park and and made what is almost a perfect film in my eyes. It's like from from the story to some of the sequences to I mean one of my favorite endings in movie history yep. to just every actor just absolutely killing it in their role. Um it into tackling certain themes that you know are dark and and real to an extent but also being a a fun action movie with that said it just it it does it all and 
for anyone that isn't a Christopher Nolan fan, I just I do not understand how a human being could not enjoy this film. And that's not even a dig at Mike because I know it's not his favorite. <laughs> but I truly like I truly don't understand as a film lover how anyone could dislike this film because it, there's just so many things that make it one of the most exciting films of of the last you know 20 years and i'm gonna pass it back to you now coach actually i i'm curious mike what because I, I know that it's been mentioned a handful of times that you don't care for this this film or i think maybe the franchise and i know and it's not set in space so i know that's not why you don't like it um <laughs> so i'm curious to, to, to real quick what like what about it i guess didn't do it for you doesn't elevate it to where Okay, so world first, I rarely ever. I mean, now, now I never ever watch superhero films. I did watch some back in the day. Like I saw like the Spider Man movies, at least the first two, and I saw the first Iron Man, and then I kind of gave up. So I haven't seen any of like the Marvel stuff, for example. Got it. I also haven't seen Batman Begins. Okay. Nor have I seen what is it, Dark Knight Rises, Rises. right? Mm-hmm. So I haven't seen the whole trilogy, and I. I definitely need to rewatch it because I've seen only The Dark Knight and only in what two thousand eight, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely been a while, and and I'm my taste in films has somewhat changed, not away from Bride of Chucky, obviously. Oh, but it's, there's there's been some some changes. But the the two things that that really got me about this were one, I was really hung up on the fact that Darren Aronofsky was supposed to make it with. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix and he was going to do some kind of darker stuff that I thought would have been cool of course that movie sort of kind of exists now anyway because Joaquin is the Joker which is interesting Um, but then the other is just that this movie is insane it's insanely like over the top and totally like illogical and makes no sense whatsoever and I'm totally happy for it to be that but it didn't I don't know. There was something about it that didn't feel like it was totally self-aware in that sense. And then everybody was like, oh, greatest film ever. And I was like, but you guys know this is crazy, right? Like, this is absolutely insane, right? And it was like, no, no, greatest film ever. I was like, really, though? And I think that just kind of like rubbed me the wrong way. But I need to do a rewatch. Last time I said anything about The Dark Knight, I got booted from the podcast. And I had to start back in. I'm very afraid of the ghosts of the Dark Knight. I need yeah. to do a full rewatch of the trilogy. But I never said it was like a bad film. I didn't right. say that. My, this is just a, a guess. And I, I'm so, honestly, something that would be so fun, I think, for listeners, eventually, one day when you get to it, Mike, is if you watched the three films and gave us your thoughts on a rewatch and your first watch of of Begins and of Rises. But if I had to personally guess which one you're going to like the most. I think you're going to like Batman Begins the most, knowing the style of film you like and the amount of realism that you like. I think that one is the most grounded in reality, so to say, if that makes sense. Absolutely. This is actually, I'm I'm kind of segueing us almost into honorable mentions here since we're there anyway, but I think a film that I had a very similar reaction to was Mad Max Fury Road. Fair. Okay. And, since I, and I, I personally, I like Mad Max 2 Road Warrior the most, but uh-huh. um, I watched Fury Road pretty recently and I was like, oh, that was, you know, that was a pretty fun like action movie. And then I was like, wait, 
everyone thinks this is like the greatest movie of the last five years. Like, what the fuck? What did I what did I miss? And I feel kind of the same. Like, I need to go back and watch it and just maybe experience it on another day. You know? That's okay. Fair. That's, That's fair. fair. I would That's say fair. for me, for Dark Knight, it's I mean a handful of things. First, like Heath's Joker is I mean, unbelievable is is such a low bar, right? To to say. I mean, literally, mm-hmm. I think it is the only. I think it is the first. It's definitely at least the only. It is the only superhero film to win a major Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um, as I don't believe Black Panther did. I'm trying to think if it did. I don't think so. Um, I think they won a SAG award, but I don't think they won an Oscar. At least weren't in one of the major. Definitely not in one of the major categories. And Jack's role as the Joker in the Tim Burton Batman mm-hmm. was so incredibly iconic that there was, you know, there was a lot of like nervousness of Heath's just being a parody of his, right? And like it, the bar, it, he so easily could have fallen flat on that character. Um, and even like, to be bluntly honest, like Mark Hamill's Joker in the animated stuff is arguably better than all of them. Um, so for Heath to come in and do the work that he did and that character on screen the way it was, was, was wonderful. I think it, it took Batman for me like to a whole nother level. Like Batman Begins was great and was like, oh, we're, we're going to get Batman in a really good way again, right? Like we hadn't had a great Batman movie in quite some time. Um, and then for The Dark Knight also like that, picking, picking that title right? Like that close to the Dark Knight Returns, which is one of the greatest graphic novels in the history of the medium. Um, they were just, just felt like they were just putting pressure on themselves with this movie. Mm-hmm. And they just knocked it out of the park, left, right, and center. And also, the it's I think it's rare that we praise a recast, but recasting um, uh, and switching out, um, uh, bringing in Maggie Gyllenhaal and replacing Katie Holmes was such a strong move. It really um, was. I really, I mean, I thought Katie Holmes was, was the weakest part of the first movie and honestly was also surprised that like they went for a name in that role because they had so much else going for them that I thought it could have been like a great breakout role for some more unknown actress. But then switching her for Maggie Gyllenhaal, I thought made that character so much stronger. Her performance was stellar. And then they also took their time with the Harvey Dent storyline. I didn't feel that they yep. rushed getting us to Two-Face just to get us Two-Face. And uh, oh, it's just, I, I loved it. And I was a little back and forth if I was going to put this in my number one or not. And then I was like, who, who, am, I, who, am, I, who am I trying to, you know? Who am I kidding? Yeah, who am I kidding? Like, come on now. This is, I'm totally fine, you know, on this hill, on this sword right here. So it's, and it really uses, it's, it's a two and a half hour film, which a lot of these movies are yeah. longer, but like it's every minute, Every second is intentional and necessary, and it's just, it really feels like they just took the perfect amount of time to develop the plot, develop the characters, develop the story, and it is gripping from the first frame to the last, chills at the ending, you know, monologue from Gary Oldman, and it's just... It's it's unbelievable. I'll never forget when it came out in theaters, I, as I don't think most of us will, because it was a special movie going experience that, that, you know, you're only lucky to to get a handful of times, I think, in your life. And it was one of those phenomenons. Yeah, and it was 
It's unbelievable. And I have to actually say about about Maggie Gyllenhaal, I'm typically not her biggest fan. I think she's good, but like Mm -hmm. these films, she absolutely crushes it out of the park and was so good for the part. Yep. I, I totally agree with what you said about replacing Katie Holmes. And man, seeing this movie, I mean, honestly, seeing this movie any which way, but seeing this, you know, in the IMAX theater, those scenes that were shot in 70 mil, yeah. it was just, Couldn't wow. Beat it. Couldn't beat it. Couldn't. And yeah, if somehow, some way you're alive and you haven't seen The Dark Knight, please do yourself a favor and watch it because uh, it'll be one of the more entertaining movie experiences I, I think that you've had. Do you guys think the Batman voice is a step too far? I'm okay with it. I'm okay, okay with it too. I think I think it's I think it's an easy thing to parody, um, but I also think if you treat it a little bit as Bruce Wayne taking the extra step to conceal who he is, then it works. Oh, okay, yes. that's a good explanation. I think I need that piece of advice too. Any any little pointers I could take to watch it and appreciate watch it. it? There you go. And I think, like, Mike, you need to remember, because, like, you you really do. And, and I respect this. Like, I mean, it's it's hard for me to understand because it's, like, such a big part of movies sometimes. But you really don't like when things happen, for the most part, that aren't grounded in Make some no form. no fucking sense whatsoever. That yeah. aren't grounded yeah. in some... <laughs> That's totally fair. I, it's also, it's, it's a weird cop-out, but, like, the Joker's character is an insane person. And that... It's like I said, it's it's a weird cop out because they can do that with this movie, but literally his yeah. character, if I could, you know, put on my nerdy yarmulke for a second, like uh, the true nexus of the Joker, which is why I fucking did not care for <laughs> the the Joaquin Joker film in the least. But like he is he is completely insane and doesn't have a real backstory. And we never know what his real backstory is. And so like the wanna know how I got these scars is the closest to who he is because you don't know who he is except that he just genuinely thrives in utter utter chaos and so that gives you kind of a an outlet to be like we're gonna do crazy things in this movie because we have this guy who like lets us exactly and and then like what i wanted to say to mike was that you know i know we both love the outrageous action films where like things happen that could never happen but again it's grounded in like a otherwise like real world it just sort of submit a little bit to the otherworldly dynamic of it if if possible, if possible. I love that you're, you're trying to convince the guy who has Bride of Chucky on his list to submit <laughs> to the uh, to being cool with the otherworldly. <laughs> oh, it's so true. What the fuck am I? Why do I have to do this even? Oh, no. <laughs> it is a good point. It is a good point though that it's it's you know it's funny because like every time we talk about a movie or you ever read like a review of the movie, you have to consider like. It's the quality of the movie, but it's also like that person on that day. Yep. You know, there's plenty mm-hmm. of movies that you've talked about in town, like just last week, about how you didn't think Anchorman was good. I used to think Step Brothers was terrible. I had the like, same thing with Dumb and Dumber. Took me two, took me two and a half, three times of watching Dumb and Dumber to be like, oh, this is really great. Like this is the funniest movie ever made. Yeah. You'll both have the same thing with Bride of Chucky. For sure. Realize For it's sure. incredible. For I sure. mean, it's, I'm gonna get a you know, full body back tattoo of universal (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i definitely have to give it another chance it's just too many recommendations everybody holds it in such high esteem and i'm just here on an island by myself (laughs) with a doll voiced by jennifer tilly being like hey what about this film (laughs) oh my god 
hey, give give the trilogy a watch. And and look, I know it sounds like Coach isn't as big a fan of it as me, but I'm a really big fan of the final film too, Dark Knight Rises. I liked I, it. I liked it a lot. It didn't. I I think I think it was up against a hype machine that was almost impossible for anything to deliver on. A hundred percent. And then you know what's really funny is I heard you guys talking about it. I didn't care for that ending at all. Like a lot, oh, a lot of that ending, it. a lot of that ending really bothered me. Oh. Um, but I think it worked for that trilogy. Uh-huh. But like as a as a comic book fan, I was really bummed. I can understand that. See, I'm not as big on the com- like I'm not nearly as big a comic book fan. Very casual at best, and yeah. so I think as just the, a movie fan, I liked it. But it's without question in my mind. Obviously, Dark Knight's the best one. I mean, it's not even close. But they they all are awesome films, all three. But yeah, very happy we both had that. And that maybe we've now convinced Mike, it sounds like, to give it a second chance. And, and what more could we ask for? I mean, that's it. So really quick before we jump into the honorables, great list, boys. Let's recap real quick. Mike, you start. Give your lists... To the people, five to one. Okay, five is Resident Evil Apocalypse, which is the second. I forgot uh, that's four. where we started. <laughs> yes, it's been a journey. Four is Bride of Chucky, which for the record is the fourth film. Not to be outdone by number three, which is Universal Soldier, what the fuck's the name of this film? Day of Reckoning, which is Universal Soldier 6. Uh, Friday the 13th, Part 3, and Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Amazing. Uh, my fifth was Cars 3, um, and then Scary Movie 2, D2, The Mighty Ducks, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, and my number one was The Dark Knight. Awesome. And my number five was The Empire Strikes Back, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, Crank, High Voltage, which is the second Crank, Bad Boys 2, and The Dark Knight. And... Uh, I think it's now it's time to head over to these honorables. I'm like, Dennis, you want to you want to lead us off here? Yeah, sure. Um, I got a handful. So you guys tell me if you want me to do like one or two at a time or whatever works for you. Throw a bunch out. Yeah, okay, throw cool. a bunch out. Um, here you go. I'll throw you, I'll throw you a handful. Um, uh, Hot Shots Part Two. Um, wow. I've never seen that and always heard such good things. I saw the second one before I saw the first one. Second one is one of the funniest movies like of its era for sure the first one is okay but just doesn't have the second one just brings it so much better every beat is funny high high recommend on that movie um if you've not seen it amazing um, um also got um we talked about bad boys too so that was awesome um okay here i'll give you my um i'll give you the the three that i was thinking of that were superheroes um spider-man 2 the Tobey Maguire spider-man yeah um, that one like resonates with me i know it's like a bit it's like a, a very you know kind of like normal thing these days people talk about how, how great that is and how much it connected but like for me when it came out it was it was just like near perfect for me um and just i'm such a huge fan i loved what they did with dr octopus i loved Tobey Maguire spider-man because to me he's he was believable enough as like a nerdy guy like that's why i could never get into the andrew garfield because you couldn't convince me that that guy had a problem talking to women totally so, agree yeah, um, so that's Spider-Man 2. Um, X2, X-Men 2, is leaps and bounds better than the first X-Men. Um, the first X-Men had that like weird rogue storyline mm-hmm. uh, with like Magneto trying to like use her as like essentially a big like conduit. Um, 
but X2 is, is great. You get Wolverine at arguably some of his best. Um, and then I also had, um, I had Captain America Winter Soldier, which is one of my favorite Marvel films. But for me, there's, I, it's, I think it's better than Captain America, but it's just so different and like so much with the story. And there's so many other pieces with the story that it just felt like a weird one to put on this list because it, while it stands alone, it doesn't entirely. I totally hear you. And like, yeah, I had a I had a couple from the Marvel world as well <clears throat> that I was just like, yeah, I felt like for me, I'm obsessed with Avengers Endgame. Yeah. And I was like, of course, I'm not going to put that because there's 20 movies that lead up to it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And even like within the Captain America realm, I really like Winter Soldier. But I was like, I'm not going to put it on there. But I think you, especially your early comic book movies, I thought were great shouts. And like Spider-Man 2 is just. Uh, yeah, that wasn't on my list, but like it might as well, because I think that's a great way better sequel. Um, I'll throw a couple out. I've got one that I left off the list just because I've talked about it quite a bit before. And also because I think the first one is awesome and the second's only slightly better to me is Home Alone 2. Oh, I had that, too. Yeah. Oh, so good. It's like it they, they up the ante and the New York settings fun. And there's there's just I watch them every year. There's so much more to the actual um like all the tricks he plays on the guys yeah it it's literally like 30 plus full minutes of it in two whereas in one it's like a quick like it's like 10 or 15 minutes it's like it's more than double the time spent on it so so for two so real quick so i i grew up in a a small town in florida and Uh myself and my family we are jewish and there are not that many jews where i grew up um in case you hadn't figured that out through this entire podcast. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert for the end. Okay, in Home Alone 2, when they are robbing the toy store, one of my favorite lines ever, and I think it was one of the first times I remember as a kid, like anybody recognizing this in a movie, but they're robbing the toy store. And she goes, Merry Christmas, Harry. And Daniel Stern goes, happy Hanukkah, Marv. And that just like, <laughs> it wouldn't be until like Lilo and Stitch that somebody else said happy Hanukkah that stuck with me in such a big way. So. <laughs> Incredible. And that's why you then just love Daniel Stern so much. So much. Oh, yes. Bushwhack, oh, baby. Dude, Bushwhack. When you called out Bushwhack, I literally fell out of my chair. <laughs> I was like, I can't, I'm, I'm so happy somebody else remembered this movie existed because I think we're the only two. Yeah, that's not, it, it's a blast. <laughs> oh my god! All right, well, a couple other uh, quick shouts that I'll give: uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. That's the second one in that new trilogy. Yeah, I thought was really good. I really liked it. I felt like it totally upped the ante, like a hundred percent from the first one, uh, and had a really interesting story. Uh, John Wick 2. Yeah, that's on my list. See, that's on I, your list. I didn't because the only reason I did it's it's such a super fun, incredible movie, but like so was the first one, and that's why I couldn't do it. So for me, I was like, I'm with you that the first one was super fun, and like anything Keanu action movie, I'm in. Yeah, but I felt like two was what I wanted one to be. Fair, super fair. Let's see. Another one that I'll shout, shout and then I'll give it back to you guys. Or I'll give it to Mike. I gotta go Jackass 2. The reason that it wasn't on my list is because I fucking love Jackass 1. 
But Jackass 2 is one of my favorite comedies ever. And I loved it so much. If you were listening to the movie theater episode last week, the second after I saw it, I turned back around about five feet outside of my local movie theater and walked right back inside, bought tickets to the next showing and went again. So I felt like I had to rep it. No arguments here. That movie's a blast. Oh, such a blast. Let's see. Yeah, so I've got a bunch that you've said already, but uh, The Raid 2. Yeah, I thought about that too. Oh my God, that movie is so unbelievable. Incredible. Incredible. It's just so close for me to the first. And those are like, my Agreed. two like two of my favorites of all time like it is very close for sure great films great but great show um, if god there's so many ways to go if you like 80s trashy action movies but i've i've opted for ninja 3 the domination <laughs> an incredibly deep cut that everybody should check out um <laughs> and the last thing is so dennis you may or may not know in addition to not liking the dark knight there's another franchise that I'm known for just hating. And this is not like, I think it's all right. This is like, I, I watched Raiders of the Lost Ark and couldn't believe how much of a garbage film it was. So I, I decided this week, I was like, you know what? Let me watch Temple of Doom. Oh my God, we remade Mike. This is one of mine. Well, Temple of Doom is, is just bad. It's not total trash. It's just bad. <laughs> oh my God. So I said, you know what? Let me watch Last Crusade. Oh, wow. John Connery. And I was like, you know what? That was decent. I'm giving that one. I'm giving it credit. Last Crusade. Oh. The best and only watchable Indiana Jones. You I, nut job. I am proud of you on one hand. Uh, I also was very nervous you were going to say Kingdom of Crystal Skull. And that uh, <laughs> That would have been terrifying. I would, honestly, like that's something I would do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is a Mike move. Yeah, I will say. Was Shia LaBeouf? It sure was. Yeah. Oh, man. Wait, you'll enjoy this real quick. I saw that movie. You guys are talking about the Cinerama Dome. Um, I watched that movie when it first came out at the Arclight. And I mean the first showing. Did you know the first showing for that movie was at 3.30 a.m.? Um, it came out, it would have been technically like, I think it was a Thursday morning, 3.30 a.m. And so I go to the screening and it's packed, obviously. And the movie ends and the movie's awful. Nobody's happy. We're all very upset because that movie was not what we wanted it to be remotely close. So we all stumble out of the arc light and there's um, some like news vans there that want to talk to people who just saw this movie because it's six o'clock in the morning right now. And someone, the, the, the guy right next to me gets interviewed and the reporter's like, what did you think of, of the new Indiana Jones? And he goes, it sucked. I'm tired. And now I have to go to work mad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. I, funny enough, prior to the episode today, I was telling Michael, I was like, yeah, there's one that I have that like, I'm not going to put it on my list because I don't feel that strongly about it, but it's sort of a hot take. And for me, it's I actually like Temple of Doom the most. I personally would go Doom, Raiders, then Crusade. Crusade's my least favorite of the of the OG three. I will say with Temple of Doom, like after about an hour or so, it does find itself. And then they're actually in the temple, and that part's pretty fun. But like everything fun. leading up to it is just like see in, in India they eat chilled monkey brains. And you're like, do they though? Like, this is weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
I'm really impressed that you watched that that you watched those three movies. That's what I'm saying. I'm proud of you. Yeah, so proud. Ugh. I'll never try Raiders of the Lost Ark again. Two times was enough. I just can't. Oh I God. just can't. Oh my God. <laughs> the only the ones I had on my list were um uh, now, I have not seen this film, but I've never heard anybody say otherwise. But apparently Paddington 2 is supposed to be better than Paddington 1. Okay, so I'm a, a big, big Paddington fan. Okay. And I think they're both great. I, I don't think that there's that much of a jump from 2 to 1, but you should definitely watch both. Awesome. I've heard they're wonderful. I can't wait to watch those either. Um, Yeah, all that I've got left, I put... This one's very debatable for me. I love the first two very much, but... Growing up, at least, my favorite of them all, Austin Powers 2, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Oh, that's yeah. that's better. You got Fat Bastard. You got Mini yeah, Me. Mini Me, yep. Yep. Um, and then I had Toy Story 3. You all know how I feel about that movie. Monster University, you also know how I feel about that movie. And two last ones. Well, I have American Pie 2 on here, but it's so hard. I love the first. Oh, no. They're... they're, they're they're like equal to me. I just had it as like a, it, it, it's a really good sequel. It's a me. great sequel. Yeah. I um, for me, the argument would be between one and reunion. So reunion for me, one, two, and reunion are almost, almost on the same footing. Like three for me is the only one that I think's weak, but I still like it. But anywho, that that's a whole nother episode. But <laughs> my last one, Back to the Future two. I'm a massive fan of the second Back to the Future, the hoverboards. Yeah. I know it's not the most popular opinion, but I'm riding with it. I mean, it had some, I mean, the hoverboards are, are badass and very iconic. Just so memorable from childhood. Um, the other ones I had real quick, and I, I'm sorry, I forgot these. Um, Godfather Part 2. Oh, yeah, that's a big one. Um, which is, is, you know, a big one. And some, I, I don't know if they still do it, but I remember like when TNT used to air them, a lot of the times they would air them as in two, one, then three for the storyline purposes. Oh, my God. That's yep. amazing. I forgot they did that. Um, Aliens. Oh, yeah. Um, but also like it's such a different movie. Completely um, different. Just such a different movie. Um, and then the other one, the last one that I had that, that nearly made my list every single time once again, it's a very different, is a different spin than the first one, but it to me is still still more enjoyable and more rewatchable. Is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two Secret of the Use? What an epic, honorable! Definitely wow. been a while since I've seen those. That is the one to leave the like. That is the one to leave us off on. That is amazing. That that I I owned that film growing up. I still do. I think I do too on VHS somewhere. <laughs> now here's a question: which is your which is your kid's favorite Cars movie? Uh, his favorite, because <laughs> he's a child, which should tell you everything. Is two? <laughs> no, of you course. We, we, of course, of course, because two is two is a spy movie that just happens to feature cars. It has yes. nothing to do with anything else. So of course, without question, that's his yeah, favorite. Because he's seven, so that's the most fun. He doesn't care that <laughs> lightning doesn't isn't ready to hang it up when it's his when it's his time to go. It doesn't matter to him. Passing the torch means nothing. Mater gets to fly and shoot guns and change colors. That's exciting. Obviously, that's the coolest thing ever. Cars too. Arguably the hottest take of the entire pod. 
Guys. In a pod that featured a Resident Evil movie, Bride and Chucky, <laughs> and a Universal Soldier film. A, a sixth, the, hot one. <laughs> the sixth Universal Soldiers film sixth that was iteration. a made-for-TV film. Sixth and best. Oh, my God. Gentlemen, wow. this was a, a real pleasure. Thank you so much. Hey, it, it's... Thank the pleasure so has been all ours and it's oh my god it's been awesome having you on dude thanks for coming on and i i we we need to do it again someday you you say when i'd love to and one one more time what's the name of the comedy special yeah the special is on youtube it's called tiny hat big jokes you know tiny hat like a yarmulke so tiny hat big jokes um it's dennis kosh jacobs and um, i'm on uh twitter at, at kosher d um instagram at uh kosher underscore d cool and i'll I'll throw all that in the show notes as well awesome incredible thanks again everyone hope you enjoyed this week we'll see you next week you know where to find us top fives and deep dives on instagram top dives on twitter you can email us top fives and deep dives at gmail.com we'll see y'all next week Top fives and deep dives with town of PTM. Top fives and deep dives with town of PTM. Top fives and deep dives with town of PTM. Top fives and deep dives with town of PTM. My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese, followed by Quentin Tarantonius. It's not strong enough.